Hi. My name is Xavier. I'm Allison. And this is Housewives Theory. We missed you. Did you miss us? We missed you a lot. It's been a long week since you last listened to these voices. (laughs) A whole six days, some might say, or I guess seven. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I, Portia? (laughs) It's giving Underground Railroad above ground. (laughs) God, no, we can't even talk about that yet. You can't drop a joke like that without talking about it. Then maybe you shouldn't drop six days in a okay, week. Okay, I was purposely saying that. I know that there's seven days a week. Anyway, moving on from questioning my intelligence. Um, I would never. For those who are just joining us this week, we're so sorry, first of all. Um, no, we're not. And uh, we just want to let you know that this is a Housewives podcast. And this is where we discuss, you guessed it, the real Housewives. Ooh, girl. We geek out. We talk about all the weird details, the weird outfits, the food sometimes. Always. The looks. <laughs> Always. <laughs> don't tempt us with the good Should food Should we add time. a food segment? I anyway. Mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we currently don't have a food segment. What we do like to get into the characters. We like to get into the storylines. We like to really just break down these seasons, you know, as we remember them. Them and in the rewatch. So yeah, so welcome. We're so happy you're here and this is a safe space to geek out and that's all you need to know. For us, Real Housewives is not a guilty pleasure. It's an Italian meatball. See? The food, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's delicious. It's, it's warm. Oh, yes. He's out for the true fans. <laughs> you know that that's coming in a few episodes, honey. <laughs> Alice and I, as you know, are both television writers in Los Angeles. So when we talk about The Real Housewives, we talk about these women as characters. We talk about arcs. We talk about rivalries. To us, these ladies are characters on the page, and we talk about them as such. Yes, we do. You get your feelings hurt? Get over it. Sorry about it. (laughs) This is classic literature. (laughs) Well, it's as important. And today's episode is... New Jersey season one. Oh my God, this wow. rewatch. It was a good one. I, it like delighted me. Yes. So it's always exciting to get to a new city. Yes. And New Jersey is special to me because it's technically New Jersey season one, which aired from May to July of 2009, is the first Real Housewives season I ever watched. Oh, that's right. Beverly Hills is like what I credit as really getting me into the shows, and that's still true. But I watched this season when it aired with my aunt in West Virginia, and it's like special to me because of that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I um, have no special attachment to it. You forced me to watch this franchise. Actual, like, (laughs) like strong armed. I was not looking forward to it for some reason. I don't know why. I think that I had just seen a couple of clips. And it, nothing grabbed me, I guess. And of course, I was 100% completely wrong because this is such a strong show, such a strong first season, and gave us the Italian culture we never knew that we needed. Never asked for it. Never but. asked for it. <laughs> but we got it, and I am grateful. Me too. Was I loved it. Was this the it. last one that you watched? This is the last one that I watched. Y'all, when I tell you, like, I would have to play the long game. So I took her on this housewife's journey. I told her what order to watch them. I would always be like, New Jersey. And she'd be like, never going to happen. I was like, we'll see about that. And then finally, it got down to the wire, and she had no other city to watch. And New Jersey is what it was. And addiction is a disease. I, um absolutely did not want to watch this show because of the family connections that was a huge reason for me I was like I don't like family turning on each other I don't like family not liking each other 
it made me sad and uncomfortable because what I love about other housewife shows that don't normally have family connections, obviously barring Beverly Hills, other ones that we've discussed so far, I'm like, you know what? This is your show life and your real housewife's life. And then you hopefully will go home to your family and that's separate. The mixing of the family and the work and the housewives made me so uncomfortable. But Xavier so aptly pointed out to me that that's the strength of this show is the family aspect. That's what makes it special. And you're right. You were right. I was just anxious, you know. Okay. Should we jump into taglines? Let's do it. Okay. Dina, if you think I'm a bitch, then bring it on. Teresa, people make fun of Jersey girls, but I think they're just jealous. Caroline, if you're going to mess with my family, you're messing with me. Jacqueline. Everyone likes to have nice things, but I'm not one to brag about it. Danielle, you're either going to love me or hate me. There is no in-between with me. Okay. The way I can't stand Jacqueline's tagline, I'm so sorry. It's bad. It's like (laughs) you couldn't pull her in for another tagline. (laughs) Obviously the weakest of the bunch. I feel like this is still in the early years where the taglines were very much touch and go. The way that I just stuttered over the end of Danielle's tagline was Jacqueline's tagline, and we had to live with it for eight episodes. Like, you guys can just never remember that this happened and move on. We had to listen to Jacqueline's tagline for a long time. And it's worth noting that Dina was center, not orange, not apple, not diamond, because the Jersey ladies do not hold anything. Which is so stupid. Which is, what would they hold, a meatball? First of all... Genius. (laughs) Genius. <laughs> That's so good. Why don't they? I don't know. Now I'm a little hungry. <laughs> Listen, every time Caroline or Teresa's in that kitchen cooking, I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. <laughs> to me, I obviously um, would love if they held a dripping wet marinara meatball. Nothing would be better, but no. Ooh, girl, talk I dirty think... to me. <laughs> um, whew, I think that it would be great if they held like a glass of red wine. What's wrong with that? That would feel correct. Right. Because, it. I mean, what else would there be for Jersey? I've never been to Jersey in my life, so I could not tell you. I've been many times. I have a good friend from college. We used to go there all the time. I did not encounter these women or women like them. It was a very different part of New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't know. But yeah, I vote red wine glass if I had to do anything. Who is your favorite tagline? Okay, tough. Because I actually did really like this bunch of taglines. Uh, I'm going to say Danielle. Mine too. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you were going to say Teresa. That was my no, second. Okay. I did like Teresa's. Danielle's just, that is just a, a, just a classic statement. Yes. But also like, I feel like it really just nails her to a T. It's like, there's no, like no one has a lukewarm opinion on Danielle. <laughs> Correct. And also the tagline has two extra words it doesn't need, which is a perfect example of a sentence out of Danielle's mouth. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the storylines this season or the game, you said it best before we started recording. So I'm gonna let you take that away. Are you guys ready? Do you have uh, your notepad and your pen ready? Does anyone use a pen and paper anymore? The storylines this season were uh, everyone versus Danielle. Very that, very that, That's very it. that. Full stop. Eight episodes of that. With some like, yes, that, but toward the end, which we'll talk about when we get to the dinner, there's like little cracks. There's little cracks, which I think are very interesting. Agreed. I mean, a fantastic first season in that it laid the groundwork so clearly for the next season. Yes, Mm -hmm. very much. Versus other shows where I'm like, I don't know what the hell we're going to watch next season. I guess I'm watching. I sort of knew what I was getting for the following season. And I think that is the best housewife season. Yes, agreed. You know, what they say about 
dramatic television and comedy, but I'm more so into dramas. When writing out a season and you write your season finale, they say the solutions to those problems should create more problems for the next season. Mm. And I feel like that's what a great season of Housewives television does. Totally. By the time you get to the end, you should feel a little satisfied with some of the arcs. But however those arcs closed, they opened up new ones. Yes. And I feel like that's what this did. I totally agree with you. Who should we talk about first? Should we do Dina? Let's do Dina. Dina. How do you feel about Dina? Dina in the rewatch for me was much different than I remembered her. Mm-hmm. A lot of these housewives. Which is interesting because it hasn't been long since you've watched this. And yet it feels like it's been 100 years. <laughs> I mean, truly, it hasn't been that long. But Dina was always just like very strong and organized, not overly sensitive. She didn't give me little sister energy. And as an older sister, I'm watching this season and I'm like, oh, she's so the little sister. So the little sister. Sister. Oh my gosh. My thing with Dina is I'm not the biggest Dina fan. Mm-hmm. I will be honest about that. And just because in a later episode, I feel like Danielle clocks this well. I think it's in the special, like ex- like the Last Supper episode. And Danielle clocks the fact that Dina, during the confrontation, could not sit still. Mm-hmm. She would get up, she would run here, she would run there. And that, to me, is frantic little sister energy. 100%, because big sister's going to take care of you. And big sister was taking care of yes. her. You know what I mean? So, like, I always remember Dina to be that, which is a little sad because I absolutely think Dina has the pieces. And to be fair, Dina is a great housewife. I mean, she's not on the show a long time, but she has a lasting impact. She does. So, like, she has the pieces. So I wish, though, that she could kind of, like, you know, not be quite so behind her big sister. You know, if she could just come into her own just a pinch more, she could have been incredible. She just cares so much about like being zen and being, you know, very much having an image of herself and a very in control sort of situation and like who she is. And her unsettling sort of like even keeled voice is so fantastic to me. I loved her. She, you know, there are only a few housewives that I will give passes to for maybe not giving us 100%, but me still loving them. And Dina is one of them. Like I remember when I was first talking to you about Dina and you were like, she's not really, you know, I don't love her. Like a lot of people love her and I'm like oh my god I love her like I one of my favorite things <laughs> her daughter Lexi um goes to uh Greece and then she's sobbing about a <laughs> disease she might get and she goes what about grandma Nina she got Lyme disease from Germany that's like that's so good that's her to me and I just I I love that because she feels so deeply but will only express herself so far and I have to appreciate that and she's also just like like very much who she is because in that same scene making a sweeping journalization but it was funny uh, of her being like uh but they don't really pay too much attention to what's going on in the water and it's just like girl (laughs) you shouldn't say that but did I giggle yes it's just just so like to be very 2009 in hysterics I one of my favorite lines from the season actually comes from her and it's oh. it's an iconic line. I feel like everyone loves this line. What is when she's talking about Danielle and she's like, I have to question her sanity. The girl's freaking obsessed with me, I swear. I don't know if she wants to like be me or skin me and wear me like last year's Versace. Oh. That is a real housewives quote if I've ever heard 100%, one. percent because here's the thing. If someone let's say, you know, not to drag Salt Lake, but if someone said this on Salt Lake, I'd be like, Okay, whatever, we get it. You know how to make a moment. She just 
just said this? <laughs> Who knows if it was maybe she talked to a producer beforehand, whatever, but it was so good and effortless. Like, I don't even, I'm just like, yes, check, Move, moving on. <laughs> the golden age of housewives in certain ways. It really also tells you who she is. Yes. In like a very swift line. And it worked well for that reason. And was she also talking about Danielle when she was like, maybe I told her I was going to kick her ass? Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? <laughs> but then she's like, but have you seen me? I'm not kicking anyone's ass. <laughs> I just yeah, I there's she's she's an interesting one for me, especially in the context of her family, her sister, how she different she is from the other manzos that we see on the show. Yeah. And her absent husband. Yeah, he did not want to be filmed. Which is mm-hmm. interesting because his brother, who so, you know, Dina and Caroline are both on the show, sisters, they are married to brothers. Um, Tommy and Al and he had no problem being filmed so I was like really curious why Tommy was like nah like I'm not being filmed for the show I mean do you have a theory I don't know I mean I don't really know 100% what the theory is if I had to guess why Al is that what they call him Al why am I thinking Albert is it Albert maybe it's Albert oh maybe whatever I don't know if I had to guess why Caroline's husband would film it's because they need business for the brownstones it's good business Maybe Tommy didn't need the business. Maybe he didn't need his face being out there. But he maybe also, he's involved in some shady things. I don't know. Maybe. I think the interesting thing about that, though, is that Al, like Tommy works with Al. So they both work at the Brownstone. Mm-hmm. So maybe Al was the one who was like, I'll be, you know, like I'm the boss here. So like sure. I'll do the show. Um, there's also a world where it's as simple as I don't want to be on camera because I can relate to that. So, which is fair. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. You know, I feel like Dina's story this season was a lot of her kind of contemplating if she could have a career or whether she should have a career or whether she should be staying home with Lexi. Right. Which like is like interesting. The thing about Jersey that I find very fascinating, and I think it's why it's kind of like it has a special place in my heart because it really reminds me of home in a weird way, even though it's so different. I'm from West Virginia, as y'all know, very super rural, one stoplight county, very that. And, you know, it is very traditional in a lot of ways where I grew up, some of the women in my family, like my mom and my grandmother, they worked, you know, they worked and they like kept the home. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, my aunt who I'm really close with, she didn't work and she kind of just kept the home. So it's like interesting. I feel like Jersey kind of represents that type of housewife Mm -hmm. where a lot of the other shows like women work and women are wives, like, you know, but in Jersey, it seems to be very old fashioned in a way that's interesting. And Dina kind of represented that. And I actually, I think it's in the lost footage episode where Dina's kind of putting the table together for a client. And I loved seeing her in action like that and her like event planning side. That table was stunning. Right. Question about that. Did you think she was a bitch during that work event? Like people said she was in bitch mode. I think it was Caroline who said that. I think it's how she comes across. You know, I I think it's just a personality thing. I think if I ask you, I think you and I are probably good examples of this. Yes. Like if we're in a mode and I say, hey, could you please do like someone else might say, hey, do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that. And also there were undertones there. Like, you know, if Jacqueline and Dina aren't in the best place and Dina is talking some type of way to Ashley, like there are just, you know, and then Jacqueline's on Ashley because she knows that Dina can get like, you know, so it's like there were other things at play. Totally. But I fully believe because I, I think Dina can be, you know, I think for the lack of better words, a little bitchy. They say that all season. So clearly she probably has that side. So I think maybe they just get fearful of it <laughs> when she's in a sure. work mode. So I had a moment of self-reflection as I was rewatching <laughs> this. I turned to my boyfriend who I was forcing to watch this with me. No, I wasn't. I was, he was about happily to say. watching with me. <laughs> He's a um, he, I was watching and I, I was like, I don't think he's a bitch. Or, uh, so <laughs> How 
dare you talk about my Travis like that? I will not accept it. I will not accept it. Take it back. What I was saying was... I, I can't wait for you to tell him about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was saying I don't think she, as in Dina, is a bitch. And then I was like, I just don't understand why people think she's a bitch. She seems so normal to me. And he's like, well... And he just looked at you blink, blink. Yeah, he looks at me. He's like, well, maybe you don't see it. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's right. Because that's so me. That's wow. so... Like, well, that I'm dragging in my accident. Incredible. Um, but yeah, no. I, all that to say, I very much related to Dina. Um, I very, very much did. I also loved Dina's relationship with Teresa. Aww. Such a cute friendship and such an honest friendship. And what I like uh, with the two of them, and this is pretty rare for a housewives sort of duo, they can see each other for who they are. Like Dina knows exactly how Teresa is. Teresa knows exactly how Dina is. And both of them have that personality where they're not expecting more than that from each other you know that i just yeah. instantly could sense that it definitely could be me knowing their history and how you know they're doing but i also feel like they just really do love each other and i also loved when dina was touring Teresa's house and she's like i don't know what i was so worried about i love the way she dresses as Teresa is in a jersey girl t-shirt and cut off <laughs> jeans yeah that's a perfect it's a perfect jersey dress moment. code on this show decor on this show styling embellishment the flavor is different in jersey it's the water is different in jersey yes listen dina shouldn't have been talking about cypress she should have been <laughs> looking at her own backyard should we talk about Teresa? oh let's talk about Teresa. oh Teresa. Oh, you know what was so weird for me seeing Teresa with three daughters oh yeah it felt unacceptable it did it felt odd. i'm like literally something's missing Seeing Teresa with three dollar daughters did feel very. La, 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 ba, 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 da, da, you da, almost da. said dollars. I it did. was a Freudian slip. It does. I am cackling. Seeing Teresa with three dollars was foreshadow. Um. Oh sorry. my! But that leads to something that I thought was hysterical. Not hysterical, but like something that I loved that is so ridiculous. Which is when she's like, "I hear the economy's crashing. That's why I pay in cash." As she's making a one hundred and twenty thousand dollar purchase, I was like, "You don't have that much cash on you, right?" But but <laughs> this is the thing for me too. It's like, did, how did none of us know? Did we not know though? I guess I wasn't there. Kids I wasn't watching the it at the time. Exactly. I I always knew that there was crime with her. I didn't know what. I'm talking about. By the time I got around to watching the show, I knew that there was some controversy. But then I didn't know what it was. And the first time I watched the show, I was like. $120,000 on gross furniture in cash. So gaudy. It's so gaudy. I do love it though. I love gaudy. I would much rather have that than minimalist, which I absolutely hate. But I was like, okay, so this is why she gets in trouble. I don't know why, but this is how. But um, yeah, I also loved her being like with the, she would get that type of furniture and then have like custom like onyx and marble in <laughs> random corners of the house. That house. I do love that house. Do you? Not in a way where I'm like, it's, it's, it's sentimental elegance. at this point? Yes, it's sentimental. Okay, yes, but yes. the house itself. It's the same to me as Vicky's house. It's the same vibes of like, oh, I feel like I'm home. It's the same as Kyle's uh, first house. It's home. So it's like the sentimental value. Yes, yes. I No one part of me is saying that I like the that decor. That house is... It's, Gaudy. it's tough. I love it. The staircase. The, the grand staircase, room. I feel like the staircase is like the one part of it that's like, oh, okay. This yeah. feels nice and grand. I feel like Teresa's story... You know, it's so funny because the season was pretty short 
And I feel like we didn't get like a ton of story a lot of the time with each of the wives. Because for right. me, Teresa, it was really about her kind of being a little bit of like a stage mom, which was like super fun. Yeah. Seeing a little Gia confessional, oh. my heart. Love Gia. As we've said before about other housewives' children, this is a Gia Stan account. This is a Gia Stan account. <laughs> we love her. Oh, oh my God. Loved too when she's, a lot of people want me these days. <laughs> I get on paper, would not think that's cute. Maybe another child would not think that's cute. She's just so adorable. And I loved seeing Teresa with the girls because Teresa goes through a lot of different phases. Teresa has been on the housewives for a very long time. She has stayed with the show. Yeah. But that has remained the same the way that she loves and adores her girls I so much it made me so happy it's the same today it's the same as it was day one with I her I feel like and what's really special about this is we got pieces of who they are that have remained true all these years mm -hmm. like there was a moment where Teresa's talking about Gia and this is granted one could say most parents with their children like you love your child you're proud of your child and she was like Gia's destined to be a star she played on the movie Doubt with Philip Seymour Hoffman you know she was background but at least you know what to start and just like stuff like that so good. but even Gia like though it's so interesting because Teresa and Joe hadn't you know at least to our <laughs> knowledge had a lot of struggles uh -huh. up until this point but Gia was still like very wise for her age at one point she's like sitting in her confessional legs crossed and she's like I feel ready for this audition and if I don't get it I don't get it just how life is and I was like who are you <laughs> I was like, but it's also like who Gia is. Like yeah. watching her all these years, I was like, of course she was saying that, but also like, sis. <laughs> there had to be a third parent in that house. That's why. <laughs> you, like as an older sister, yes. you probably understand the vibe. It's oh like you're the oldest, God. you're leading the pack. Very that. One, because, I, you know, speaking of working parents, like what we were talking about earlier, I very much had that where both of my parents worked for the most part. My mom didn't work when we were really little, but then when we started to be like a little bit older in older grade school, I was Gia. I was in charge. Everyone got snacks because of me. I was making sure everyone did their homework while not doing my own homework and sneak watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. As one does. And as one does, as were my formative years. But no, I very much related to her because I felt like I had to be super mature when I was younger. And maybe it's just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the nature of certain family. And also, you know, so like you were talking about that element of like old school family stuff, I for sure have experienced that with my family. Come from a big Egyptian family. I know you come from a big West Virginia family. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. um, we're just <laughs> laughing because I have repeatedly said West Virginia. <laughs> And I'm completely sober, sadly. Um, but no, I mean, I really relate to that. Anyway, I very much relate to Gia. I loved her. Um, Juicy Joe. Ooh, girl. I don't like that nickname. I never have. I feel a little offended just because, like, don't don't downgrade the name Juicy like that. Like, how dare the fandom? Who, whoever nicknamed that man Juicy Joe, how dare you? I know. I don't like it. I also love you owning the name Juicy. But no, I... I Joe is, in a lot of ways, the best and worst part of this show. I mean, he's said some horrible things, but he's also said some of the best things. Like, what's it called? Preplay? I've never heard of preplay. You are, like, kind of living for Joe more than I thought you would be. Uh, he does make me laugh. And you, you know, I, I know, oh God, I know. I, if I had a nickel. It's so sad. <laughs> um, you'd be able to break Juicy Joe out. Uh, but no, I just feel like... <laughs> My jaw is on the floor, not for a fun reason. Oh my gosh, Allison, you went there. Uh, no, Ooh. I think that... Um, she always goes there. I heard that about you. Teresa and Joe's 
over sexualized relationship at least the way that they're telling us i just never buy that i never like it it bothers me I so much fully buy it i fully buy it because it reminds me it's like such a it's like a such a such a macho like like old fashioned kind of misogynistic like it's it yeah. reminds me of weirdly of like i've seen these couples at home okay I so have I, not. which is like wild like juicy joe like i know exactly who that man is sure have seen that man many a time okay. like so like I was like, oh, like I know the song and dance. I have not. This is not a Consider culture yourself I grew lucky. up around. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not grown up around Juicy Joe culture. Hashtag so. bless. <laughs> Hashtag bless. Um, but I appreciate what he brings to the show. Um, he also evolves. And it just makes me laugh that he just lets Teresa talk. And also um, his role in the infamous uh, dinner episode, dinner fight scene um, later on. It's very funny, his role in that. Yeah. But. The thing with Joe, like, I don't at least at this point, have strong opinions on him. Like I said, like, I know who he is. Even, like, you know, the moment with, like, the gay lord comment, Mm -hmm. you know, where he's kind of talking about the dance instructor. It's like, I know that that's so... I don't even pay much attention to it, and that's probably Mm -hmm. a defense mechanism on my part just Mm -hmm. because of where I grew up and, like, just, like, super macho men. But, like, it's just, like, so rooted in who, like, his upbringing, you know? Right. Not that I give it a pass by any means, but it's like the minute he says something like that, I'm like, oh, like I have been here before, you know? Sure, I get that. Um, yeah, I also loved uh, Teresa and Danielle and the way that their relationship went from up and down, weird to bad, and then good to bad, and then just down bad. It was, you know, speaking of when they're with the dance instructor. One of my favorite things about Teresa is that, you know, sometimes the train doesn't always arrive at the station on time. <laughs> and she'll do this thing where someone will insult her or will oh, say something God. to her. And you can see on her face in real time that it hasn't quite landed. <laughs> and in like m- recent years, normally it's not until like another scene where she has, went home, thought about it, came back hot this time it kind of happens within the scene like aided by the confessional because she gets a little annoyed but whenever joe and danielle are kind of having their back and forth over like the the gay comments basically danielle says they're kind of having their like little da, 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 and danielle's being danielle and she's like we'll have no more of that and he's like be quiet and Danielle's like no don't tell me to be quiet either i'm not your wife and you can just see on Teresa's face being like is she insulting me <laughs> exactly. like, just, just the wheels are turning literally it's incredible she just i I love her to not having a reason to be angry at someone and just slowly every episode like danielle trying to find reasons to be angry at her like when she was like why doesn't she get a job and it's like okay well Teresa, if we're not counting motherhood you also don't have a job so i'm not really sure where you're coming from with that yeah it she just has she's something that i thought you know to kind of get us off Teresa but just one thing I thought was uh iconic and I cackled and the eerie thing about these housewife shows sometimes is that they foreshadow stuff and they don't they have no clue but Teresa is talking about Dina and Jacqueline and she's like sister-in-laws are are different than friends and I was like oh my like I felt the earth quake yes literally talk about the storyline for seasons and seasons and seasons. It's just, it was just like so fascinating to me because like none of us could have known. And I mean, again, even watching that, if you have no idea what's coming because there are difficulties between those two, you just know, oh, it's sort of like, this is a preview for the following season. Again, which is what makes the season so strong. Yeah. Should we talk about Jacqueline? Yes. 
Let's talk about Jacqueline. You know what's interesting with Jacqueline is when I watched the show the first time, I loved Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. I loved her so much. Like, I thought she was very, like, kind-hearted, and I, I just really connected with her. And watching it this time, I felt similar, like the pieces were there, but because I've seen things that happen later, I was a little, you know, less so, which is the hard thing about doing a rewatch. It's like, we've seen, we know how things go down. So your opinion inevitably changes. So when you rewatch it, it's not like fresh eyes. But I do think I really was endeared by her talking. She really is the heart of this season in a lot of ways because, and I say that meaning we go so deep with her. She's so vulnerable with us, when, whether it's her struggles with Ashley or in particular her struggles with fertility and just like giving us like a perspective into that, I thought allowed us to root for her and get to know her. Yes. Which I really enjoyed in this first season. She gave us such a different type of vulnerability than the other women. And even though I knew those pregnancy struggles were coming, I knew that we were going to go with her to the doctor's office, go through the motions of what it was like to have several miscarriages. I still was crying my eyes out. Feeling feelings. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the best part of Jacqueline is that she feels too much, but it's also the worst part of Jacqueline is that she feels too much. Yeah. You know? Kind of on the like, the good part though. Like there's a moment in episode four, I think, where she is talking and she's like, maybe I should get some plastic surgery for my eggs to make them more youthful and attractive so his sperm will like them. And she laughs it off. And I'm like, Jack, like I was aching it's just so devastating because and you hear about this a lot like i've had friends who've gone through miscarriages and a lot of like i feel like a lot of the times those people put the blame on themselves when it like it's so out of your control so to see her go through that in real time it was just like so devastating Ugh. I like kind of feel my eyes are a little prickly right now. I mean, she and Chris are such a a beautiful, strong couple. We also don't get me started on Chris. We love us some Chris. (laughs) So I love Chris Larita more than I should. Like, I just think he's adorable. No, we love Chris so much. And I mean, I especially love that his sisters are on the show. Caroline Manzo is his sister and Dina Manzo is his sister. And they're the three of them are, in my opinion, so different. Oh, my God. And it's just so different. I love love seeing that and there's also how many more seven more siblings or f- six seven. more siblings or something i don't even know maybe more than the, i'm not sure how many all together but, but they're yeah. all so different i totally agree they're all so different but i love seeing chris support jacqueline through all of this and also listen to all of the housewives drama sort of be secondhand to all of it but never give into it yeah. and always be the one with the wise word mm-hmm. I, I i love that he is the best part of jacqueline's storyline to me their marriage and the way they support each other should we move on to the worst part of jacqueline's storyline uh what's the worst part you know, oh, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. She took a sip. I did I before she sip. geared up for I this. I took a sip, a sip of water. I, I thought we were going, Walters. I thought we were going to go one way, and I was like, oh no, I forgot. You're deep, passionate. Yes. This is what makes me not like Jacqueline because when I was talking to Xavier about Jacqueline, I was like, there, I just can't like her because of her daughter Ashley, who is the biggest brat. I mean, second only in the worst house children to Ryan, Tamara's son. Oh, I know. I mean, they're a cl- they're neck and neck. But it just drives me crazy how she was all talk with Ashley and that storyline of not parenting her correctly or struggling with parenting with her. You know, I'm not a parent, so I'm not. I should, probably shouldn't say that, but I'm sorry. Okay, it's just ridiculous. Her, her being all talk and let me cry about it and everything's horrible. She 
shouldn't be running the house. And I shouldn't be talking about her. This is Housewives. I don't like that Ashley took up so much time this season and continues to take up so much time. That was the way of those early Housewives season Ugh. that the children had. So, Which, like, has its positives. We get yes. to know and love Brianna Culberson. Totally. And it has its and negatives. Gia. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the thing with Ashley, it's tough because, and I think this is a personal thing with you and I, because we so, we weren't raised with parents who were Jacqueline. I feel like totally. Jacqueline is very much like, I want to be your friend, you know? Like, yeah. she cares so much in that way. Whereas, like, you know, speaking for both of us, because we've had conversations, our parents were very much like, oh, we can be your, I can be your friend when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s. Right. Like, but right now I'm your parent and I'm going exactly. to parent. And even then I'm still going to be your parent first. So it's hard to see Jacqueline and Ashley's dynamic because that's just not how we were raised. It's painful. It's I tough. mean, we've talked about this and I think I've said this on this podcast before. I was and am still scared of my parents. <laughs> the Just watching that turns my stomach. I don't enjoy any part of it. And it's one thing to be funny, sassy to your mom. And it's another one to take advantage of having very kind parents, you know, regardless of what you went through. So in, I'm done talking about her. But this is one of the reasons why I could never like Jacqueline and also oh, you know you this never really liked her no I can't because even in this second rewatch you know because I I too got that impression oh she's so kind and again I loved hearing about all of her you know her pregnancy journey all of that loved that cried my eyes out when we saw she was pregnant at the reunion but you know she is fake nice to me she gets all of her worth and her joy and things like that from being the center of the drama and then being like how did I get here why is everyone so mean to me when I would so rather have a Danielle not that I'm saying I like her but have a Danielle who's like yeah I'm the center of it of course you know I would rather have someone lean into it instead of pretend to be another type of person but what I'll say to counter that I think that's fair and I'm grateful we have both. Because I think if you have two yeah. Danielles, if you have two Danielles, you get a certain type of drama. Right. But I think Jacqueline had a, such an important function this season oh my in being the middle woman. Like, she kind of helped keep the story going because she was the connective tissue, which is so important. And under so much pressure with, it's not even connective tissue in the real housewife sense. So there was the connective tissue of being a real housewife and having struggles with her friendship with Danielle, which Danielle, who we'll get to in a second, her and Jacqueline were friends for a while. Mm -hmm. They enjoyed each other's company. The Manzos did not like, so that's Caroline and Dina. They did not like Danielle. There was a lot of pressure coming down on them to not be friends with her anymore. But Jacqueline wanted to be friends with Danielle and, you know, wanted to be her own person, which is completely understandable. <laughs> but <in> sorry <laughs> you're like move on um no, no, no. <laughs> but instead of standing up for herself which you know i understand it's a lot of people she sort of is buckling under the pressure of the family to do what they say because she is part of the Lorita manzo family and i felt really bad for her i have to say you know it goes back to kind of what you said earlier about jacqueline and her open heart is a good quality and a bad quality like we see that a little bit with Ashley but I feel like we also see that a little bit with Danielle and I'm just so different and Allison knows this I'm so different than Jacqueline in this way because when Jacqueline and Danielle were talking about how they first met and became friends and Jacqueline she said what I really liked about Danielle is she really opened up to me within a half hour I <laughs> I knew her entire life story and even saw some naked pictures of her <laughs> if that happened to me I would run for the hills right. I'd be like oh great um it was lovely meeting you um ex 
excellent lighting in the photos. I, <laughs> I'm getting a call right now. I have a dinner res. Exchange numbers. No, no. I'll, I'll catch. You know, we'll run back into each other. The salon never goes there again. Like I would be <laughs> cut it off. Done. Done. Whereas like Jacqueline is someone who kind of gives and gives and gives and gets taken advantage of for that reason. I, I have to say, I thought you were about to drag me. I wasn't. Um, so Xavier is very good at having, um, let's call it boundaries. I and love for a boundary. Me, I'm like, if I, and I've said this on this podcast before, if I don't know your paternal trauma within the first 20 minutes of us speaking, I don't think we're going to be friends. You know, like I open up to people very quickly. People open up to me very quickly. You know, I don't necessarily offer up the same details that people offer up to me, but I totally felt that when Jacqueline said that because she does come from a place of openness and I can relate to that. But then, you know, whenever something goes sideways and I call Xavier like, I can't believe she's treating me this way, etc. And he's like, well, you should have put a boundary. And I'm like, you're right. And I don't feel like that's what Jacqueline has. See, that's the different. That's the thing, though, is because I'm also someone who I'm very open. I will yeah. get to know you very quickly. People confide in me. Totally. But if the difference being, I don't know if this is the difference between us, but certainly the difference between Jacqueline and I, if the minute I sense a turn, like if if the light even flickers, <laughs> and, like I'm just like, oh, I don't like I'm not wasting my energy here right and i'd panic and i sink deeper into the sinking sand so and you're like here let me get the light for you exactly. <laughs> tissues okay we have to talk about and this will transition us into danielle we have to talk about jacqueline and danielle's dynamic a little more yeah this actually this really gets us into danielle yeah. also jacqueline and danielle's friendship one might say is makes me so uncomfortable right it makes me so uncomfortable and it's just like it leads into Danielle who is a fascinating housewife and her not being afraid to if you give a little to take like you give an inch and she will take the mile. Oh my she'll God. She'll not only take the mile, she'll take two and <laughs> she'll take it to church and she'll take it to a bat mitzvah. Like she like like literally, I don't know why I paired church and bat mitzvah, <laughs> you know, just on a religious theme today. But like, I don't know. And it makes me so uncomfortable. She just She is... The kind of person, exactly like you said, she will take everything that you give her and then make you feel bad for not giving her worse and make you feel like you're crazy for not giving her more. You know, it's a talent mm -hmm. and it's a way of taking advantage of people. It's a form of narcissism. And, you know, people like Jacqueline are very, very vulnerable to that. And she's she's just not afraid to quickly acclimate to someone's life, which is always a red flag to me. So, like, for instance, when there was a moment where Jacqueline was going up to talk I think Ashley had brought a bunch of friends to CJ's party and didn't get permission. So Jacqueline was going up to talk to Ashley and Danielle went with her, which, okay, fine, whatever. Like probably should be a private moment, but okay. And, but like not only went with her, but then like spoke to Ashley as if she had helped raise Ashley since she was nine months old and like, just like trying to be her best friend. And it's just, it, it, it like, it's so creepy to me. It's creepy. It's like You're really not family. Exactly. Not and it's family. like, she really nestles herself in, in a way that feels like it's crossing every single boundary because it is Ugh. Ugh. sorry I literally literally just shivered transitioning to danielle oh danielle oh outside of my daughters i don't know who my real friends are these days you just made me think of one of my favorite like tiktok guys do you, the one who's like i want to go to a nice restaurant yes zachariah <laughs> i know exactly i think his name is zachariah he delights me that accent that's what it made me think of oh, wow first of all 
honored. I went there to be chips and salsa on oh, the table. My God, absolutely honored. I'm checking this person's name right now. I was right. I need to not be on TikTok so much. It's kind of depressing. I immediately got he it. He delights me. His accent in a lot of his videos delights me. That's what that made me think of. Honored. Uh, but yeah, Danielle, let's get into the positives. Well, let's tell the audience who Danielle is first. Positives. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I have an interesting positive about her. Um, it's a perspective, so it's not really a you know concrete scientific evidence Let of it. Let me take a sip of my Coke flow. <laughs> Look, what would there be? You say this to me about people who I don't like on Housewives all the oh, time. She absolutely. What is, season would there be she without is her? Vital. Yes. To the show. It's, Does that mean she has positives? I yeah, don't know. Fair. Her positive is that she really gets the job done. She, she shows up. She, she earned her, her check. Laundry. No one yes. can deny she that. She earned her check. <laughs> so Danielle is a single mom of two girls, uh, a teenager and a preteen, I think, at this Christine point. Christine and Jillian. Christine and Jillian, who are great. I like them a lot. She's been divorced, but she's in the middle of a situation where she's trying to get child support from her ex-husband, who is not giving it to her. She's also on a, some might call, frantic journey for love. Some um, might call. Honestly. And you know what? Trying to lock someone down. It's not that different from a Lori from Orange County. It's just that it looks a little different, when you know? You're weeding through the garbage, honey. I sometimes <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what? That's a good point. I don't know that Lori did, although what do we know? But no, I I, I think I'm not going to bring Lori into this. I saw you, you give me a look. You know what's interesting about that comparison? No, you brought Lori into this. You, don't, you know, don't get me started. <laughs> it's interesting about thinking of Lori and Danielle is I don't feel like, I don't agree with Danielle's parenting a lot of the time, but I do not feel like she pimped her daughters out for storylines. No, I don't think so either. Which is a positive for Danielle. Yet. Look at us. Find the positives. Yet. Yes. <laughs> but I also have to say for Danielle, um, you know, I'm trying to think of another housewife that sort of does this. I'm sure it'll come to me. She isn't afraid to look and be desperate. She's not afraid of she it. She doesn't think she's looking or being desperate is the interesting thing. I think that she thinks Delusion. it comes across as endearing. I really think she's somewhat aware of it, but I think that she thinks it comes across as like she's endearing and well-meaning and earnest and all of the things that Jacqueline comes across as <laughs> when in reality it's it's truly not. I mean, say, like when she when someone won't call her back one of her dates and she's like, "I got the pussy and he's not hanging out with me and you're just like oh um, I'm, I'm speechless <laughs> you know and you're like okay um maybe you shouldn't talk about no one calling you back like i don't know that's just my opinion personally yeah and we say this of a lot of housewives but it's tried and true with danielle also she is who she is like when she's talking about the dating the guy and like the phone sex and wanting to meet up with him and Teresa's like he sounds like a psycho to me and Danielle's like yeah yeah that's what intrigues me I can't <laughs> deny that she doesn't give it to us you know what I mean yep. 100% <laughs> oh my lanta and she you know I feel like a big thing for her this season it's one of the biggest the storylines of the season is her kind of feud one might call obsession with Dina yeah that is really what fueled like almost all of this drama this year. Totally. I, Dina is everything, in my opinion, that Danielle hates and wants to be, wants but to doesn't be. want to be at the same time. Dina has the husband. She yes. drives the cars. She is blonde hair, blue eyed. Like, I think Danielle, Danielle like, wants to be that. Danielle knows yeah. she's a bull in a china shop. Like, yeah. she she is very frank and she says that people say that she's too much. Like, she knows that about herself. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that that too she latched on to to dislike. And I think it's also what we were talking about with Dina earlier is I think Danielle doesn't respect the little sister energy. And because of that, I think Good it point. fueled her disdain for Dina even more. Like, the fact that Dina had protection from an older sister 
a protection is a thing that Danielle so desperately seeks. Like it made her dislike Dina even more. I agree. And also just like the differences in perception, like what Dina gets to be perceived as, even though she's a quote unquote bitch, as some people have called her. But then Danielle is like, no, she's not like the bitch where you're like, oh, we get it. She's just a bitch. You know, Mm -hmm. it's 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 pure jealousy. But I understand. Yeah. Uh, what sticks out to me and kind of Danielle and who she is and another thing that kind of makes me uncomfortable is I think she just so badly wants to be in the mix. So when Dina was having that girls night out and Danielle just shows up at the salon and chills outside <laughs> and is is like basically like, are you guys still going to Cipriani's? That would upset me because I should be going there. And it's just like stuff like that. And then Jacqueline being like, yeah, but like, you know, maybe like, I don't, I don't know. And then Danielle being like, so if I came into Cipriani's tonight, that would be okay. And I'm like, Danielle, go home, crawl in bed, pop some popcorn, watch a movie. Like, you know. I've met people like that who have gotten everything out of life by guilting other people into making them think that they're owed that. So I think that in her mind, genuinely, she thought if she could wiggle her way into an invite, people would have the best time with her. They would apologize to her. And then they would be like, wow, we need her in our life. She should always come with us to the restaurant. When it's like narcissism is just not, you know, so many of the housewives have it. I'm not trying to act like she's this only person I'm singling out. But I mean, her saying lines like, Dina doesn't like me because she's threatened by me. I know way too much about her and that scares her. you know she's so dramatic she's so dramatic she is going for her daytime emmy honey oh my god also give it to her for this line sorry i'm sorry i keep quoting lines she did have so many good ones this season i want to get in a limousine and i don't care where i go (laughs) for her birthday that was so good i was like i need that in a script that's so iconic because it's so raw and like i just i need for everything i should get in a limousine and i don't care where i go okay britney spears like (laughs) How dare you compare her to Britney in any capacity? I will not tolerate the disrespect. Okay, there's so much more to talk about with Danielle, but I feel like we should talk about that when we get to the finale. Agree. So let's talk about Caroline next. Yes, please. I love me some Caroline. Same. She is just such a gift. Totally. When I watch the shows during this rewatch, I you know usually take notes on my phone just so I remember things. And I, at one point, was scrolling on my phone, and it was basically Caroline, 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 Caroline. <laughs> like, she's just so good. So good. Uh, she is kind of, she kind of prides herself on being the last generation of a specific type of housewife. Yeah. She takes a lot of pride in keeping the home and raising her children and, and kind of catering to her husband. And it legitimately brings her joy. Yeah. And deep satisfaction. And I appreciate that because what I think is interesting about society now is because women for so long were made to do these things and were not able to have the things that a man could have in terms of like a bank account or land or a career, you know, now we're like, yes, women should have all those things and women can have all all those things. And absolutely. And I feel like in that discourse, sometimes we discredit people who like genuinely love having children or raising children and having a home and keeping a home. And it's interesting to me to see Caroline have those things and like love it so deeply because she legitimately gets joy from it. Totally. And I just, I appreciate that she showed that aspect of herself and it was like, okay, you know, it just, 
I watched Caroline. I also love her so much. I missed her so much. I missed the Manzo family banter because you can tell that they spend 24 seven with each other and they genuinely love and enjoy each other. And, you know, when I see people like Caroline on Housewives, it made me so happy. It made me sad. Other shows don't really have equivalent of Caroline's. Like, really, there is only one Caroline Manzo. Absolutely. And you can't say that about a lot of these Housewives. And it also uh, made me sick to my stomach because... I was like, I have this deep fear. I've told Xavier about this, about having a career and being the type of mom who is like Caroline and like my mom, who genuinely loved being mothers, who loved taking care of us, who loved going to the games, asking how our days are with the dogs and the family dinners and the chaos and the happiness. And it's like, that is like exactly like you said it's not really seen as like a point of pride so you don't see it as much anymore and especially for you know people like me people like you we have careers I just get worried I'm like I just want to be like Caroline with my kids you know but I just I loved her and I love that you know she has her own style her very mom style the hair the makeup but it's like so secondary to how strong of a housewife she is that you just can't even get stuck on it you know what's so interesting to me and why she she is so special and and housewives in general is like I'm someone who identifies as femme and I but he him pronouns are fine I grew up male-bodied obviously but being male-bodied and not really identifying with men was super interesting so I identified far more with women and the things that I valued are things that were like hyper feminine traits Mm -hmm. because I was masculine and I so desperately like didn't want to be at times so like someone like Caroline who is just like so put together like loves her family like I idolized that so much growing up so I love it's just so special I don't know like she represents something that's very important in my heart same and it is like this hyper feminine in a traditional sense a hyper hyper feminine identity yeah which sometimes is looked down upon but not in this heart honey not in this heart either and i'm sorry if you don't like caroline because i didn't realize till after i watched the show a lot of people hate caroline that's fascinating i think she doesn't fall in line with the other housewives in a lot of ways to be fair and we'll cover this in later episodes i can see certain seasons there are certain seasons that maybe it's like okay caroline (laughs) you know right and we'll talk about that but i think overall i think she's great and i think a lot of those people i feel like you're either team caroline or you're team Teresa. And, you know, those teams feel strongly about about one another. Yes. But I mean, it's also incredible that she can be a mom who, you know, loves and supports her kids, is very old school, but then also be like, you know, encouraging her son's dream to open up a strip club car wash or a strip club and a car wash. Oh, Christopher. Let's run a strip club mommy could be proud of. (laughs) It's it's so good. It's so good. She is just like the quintessential... She also said, my house is an open door policy. I never know who's going to come in and out at any given moment. So generally when I cook, I cook for the masses. Today, sausage, potatoes, and pasta. And I was like, Aww. "Like that's home. Yeah. You know? Totally. And a strip club mommy could love. That's also hilarious. <laughs> and then not to mention, Alvi. Here we go. <laughs> I love Alvi. I love great. all of her children. He's great. But Alvi just like, del- obviously he's adorable. Oh, and- obviously he's adorable. He's just fangirling over there. Just, you're in love with him. Just say it. Okay, I'm not not in love with him. We all can't have crushes on the Tom Girardis of the world. So I <laughs> obviously I Alvi's do not adorable. have a crush on Tom <laughs> Sorry, it's just her type. She does not have a crush on him. Just her type. So, but obviously <laughs> Alvi's adorable. Let me live. We all think that. Don't lie. Oh, her face is getting red, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How do you like that? <laughs> Here's a little something about my family. 
We are thick as thieves and we protect. <laughs> Anyways, back to Albie. But like, I, I'm trying to think of when I, I was like a teenager when I watched the show. So Albie was just like the cutest thing. So when I see him on my screen, it just delights me and makes me happy. He does, even though I didn't watch this when I was a teenager, he does give off like 15 year old crush on the 17 year old vibes. Oh my God. Yeah. So just imagine being 14 watching this. Oh like gosh. forget about it. No. <laughs> I, I, I get it. <laughs> Caroline's also just hilarious. Yes. She, when she said, I try and watch what I eat, but life is too short. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and be wishing I ate that freaking cheesecake before I saw the bus coming. <laughs> relatable. Relatable. Oh my God. <laughs> so relatable and funny and down to earth. And I appreciate like the grounded respect she brings to the show, at least in this season one. Yeah. And I think we also love her too, because unlike Jacqueline or Danielle, she, I feel like is more in line with the type of parenting that we were probably raised with. Totally, It's like, a little more strict, a little more like these are the rules. So I, I think we recognize and appreciate that. Agree. Her. Totally. Okay. I think we should jump into the finale. Uh, we have to. It has to have its own little segment. It literally has to have its own segment. Okay. So a big storyline this season was, as Ali stated earlier, the game was everyone against Danielle, kind of, except <laughs> for Jacqueline, who really was the middle woman. And at a certain point in the season, the ladies discovered a book. Do you know how close I was to ordering this book I so know. that I could place it on the table during the second? <laughs> okay, so in this book, it was a book that was written, what, like two decades ago or yes. something? And it was written by Danielle's ex-husband, her first ex-husband. And it made a lot of claims about Danielle, formerly known as Beverly, in the book, such as she used to be a stripper, she was arrested and and was tied to kidnapping charges, like making all sorts of allegations. And the book gets brought to the group and Danielle finds out about it. And then we are off to the races. And the dinner in the finale is all of them getting together. Teresa is hosting a dinner and Danielle brings the book. Accusations are made. Danielle is hell-bent that Dina kind of spread this book around the town. And one of the most iconic moments <laughs> to me in this season is, you know, Danielle is kind of stating her case. Caroline is kind of, you know, dictating the conversation a little bit when Dina or Teresa want to jump in. And she's like, let Danielle say her piece as she's texting on her phone. <laughs> uh, let her say her piece and then we'll say what we need to say. And that a certain point, Carolyn says to Danielle, can you do me one favor? Look at me because I'm the one who told them. <laughs> the way that Teresa's mouth was dropped open during that scene, same. Same. Deeper late. <laughs> I've told you this before, but I was iffy on New Jersey until that moment. Like that was my favorite moment of the entire season was her saying, look at me. It's, it is so rare for a housewife to not scream at someone in anger to get their point across mm -hmm. because we all would do that. We would be caught in the moment in the heat and we would just be like, ah, here's how I feel. She was like, there is nothing you can do to touch me. I am the one that did it. Look at me in the face. I don't care. What I loved about the book storyline, A Cop Without a Badge, a fantastic title, Lifetime, Where Are You? Lifetime Found Dead. Um, but to me, the best part about that is the book payoff was so incredible because they had been building up for a few episodes that there was this book, that there were rumors about Danielle out there. And to have Dan not only them bring up the book at the dinner, but Danielle interrupt Teresa's long running story about how Joe wanted to have sex with her after she got a boob job. I'm like, okay, we get it. You guys have sex. Her bubbies. Her bubbies. Oh, spare me. But- <laughs> Teresa, ha ah, ha, yeah, yeah, he couldn't get his hands off of me. And then 
the way she's like enough of the good times and then it's just silent. like she doesn't say a word at first it's Dead just silence. silent she's like i'm gonna let them see the book on the table and know that the thunder is coming <laughs> it's, so good. <laughs> it's so it, it's so good so um yeah immediately she wants to know who brought up the book even though it's a published book and is out there but anyway who brought up the book what the situation was and yeah pl- please take us through what happened after just the amount of iconic quotes that we are about to say and the next five minutes of this podcast (laughs) like the amount of quotes from this dinner and we've already said one so she takes out the book and the silence it's deafening i like literally can't breathe oh teresa is really the only one at least on camera who has like a visible reaction to it everyone else is kind of like playing it cool eyeing each other albie kind of gestures to like apparently he kicked dina under the table (laughs) and then finally Danielle speaks up and she's like, I, you know, and what's interesting, she speaks up and she says, I, re- I would like to really, ta- I really would like to talk about this. And there were points that she made where I thought like, oh, this, it's like, obviously I knew how it ended, but I was like, this could maybe not go south. Like when she was like, I understand that I'm a person coming into your life and you get this book and you read these things that you would want to investigate that. And that is fair and okay. And I was like, okay, like at least she like knows and is acknowledging that. Right. Someone did therapy in the car. And then so- <laughs> and then, but the thing is, is that she speechifies so well, she does, which yeah. is why she's like an excellent housewife because she speechifies well and she's delusional. Yes. So pair those two things. Wow. Oh my God. And Luann. Well, I think, <laughs> how dare wow. you? Sorry, Venn diagram. Sorry. And you know, I love Lou. That's so funny, but it's so different to me. Different. We'll unpack that later. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I think I think about when I think of her speech to them is her being like, I can't remember exactly what she said and I didn't jot it down, but her being like, what I didn't appreciate or respect. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> that always sticks out to me. And then of course, so she's kind of saying her piece and saying how it hurt her feelings that this was brought to the group and kind of, you know, obviously what she was saying is this is now on camera and it's become a bigger thing. And Caroline then jumps in and says the thing about like I'm the one who and Danielle immediately knows that Caroline is kind of protecting Dina which I think is probably true um I I didn't quite I thought Caroline was also protecting Dina which is fine that's her big her big sister do what you need to do Dina clearly cannot handle the stress as she's running back and forth but then you get another iconic quote because Caroline is also someone who speechifies well but also she's also trying to get her daytime Emmy and because I love her I let it slide but there are some <laughs> Times where she's like mid monologue and I'm like Caroline, baby girl, we we wrap we, it up, we, like wrap it up, like let's get to let's get to the, the thesis, totally, <laughs> you know. Um, when she's like, let me tell you something about my family. <laughs> we are as thick as thieves and we protect each other until the end. Like stuff like that, which is so ridiculous. But in the context, you're like, yeah, she said what she said, Danielle. Right. What? And you know, Danielle's going to hit her with something like probably equally, yeah, as, <laughs> equally as soap opera worthy. Yep. And I'm then, riveted. Like, <laughs> and then they basically argue over like, who revealed the book? Was it Caroline? Was it Dina? And where this gets interesting is at a certain point, Dina, bless her heart, because she kind of did bring this on herself. Dina looks to Jacqueline and she says, Jacqueline, like you were there. Or she said something of like, you know who did it, blah, 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 blah. And Jacqueline has been quiet up until this point. Unusual for her. <sighs> you know, and she finally like has an outburst and it's like in defense of Danielle and saying that Dina kind of was the one who did it. And for the first time, 
like we have been feeling like that oh there's a history and it makes sense like family is complicated so Jacqueline's their sister-in-law like of course there's probably stuff that has happened but this is the first time that it's kind of coming to a head and what I thought was fascinating about this sorry I'm monologuing now no I'm here when that happens Caroline is so swift and concise with Danielle like Boots on the ground, firmly planted. But when Jacqueline and Dina start going at it, you suddenly see Caroline go like, whoa, 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 whoa. And she can't, like, she can't, like, she's literally physically in the middle of them, but she cannot stop what's happening. She did not incorporate, she did not take into account that the family might turn against each other. But what's so fascinating is, Caroline is this like tried and true like you know soldier like get you know like she will go to war her words not even not even mine but when it comes to Jacqueline who on paper I would say Caroline is a much stronger personality she like was trying to talk to Jacqueline but Jacqueline was talking over her like Jacqueline wasn't just being walked over by Caroline which is fascinating and just the picture into that dynamic and then Dina is standing up and she's talking to Chris who is Jacqueline's husband and Dina's brother and she's like Chris Chris like so like bringing the brother into it and it's just a full-on mess it's a mess and all the while Danielle's sitting across the table creepily looking at Jacqueline mouthing thank you teary-eyed I like literally I want to crawl out of my skin (laughs) it's so painful but there are so many things going on and that scene is why I did not want to watch New Jersey because I'm like those are real family members who have to deal with real shit after the cameras go down but they signed up for it so I'm gonna gonna consume and by the way I loved it I'm not trying to act like (laughs) but that's an example of it just got too deep too fast and um, how did this get to Teresa I was literally about to say and in the midst of all this chaos we haven't even gotten to the biggest thing that happens when suddenly the conflict pivots to Danielle and Teresa, <laughs> giving me some of my favorite lines from both of them, quite frankly. Agree. Where, so Teresa's kind of saying like, obviously something in that book has to be true. And Danielle's, Danielle's like, I told you, Teresa, were you not here? Two things are written that are true. Name change, I got arrested. Pay attention, police. <laughs> I love it so much to which Teresa freaks out. And, and in her freak out, she calls Danielle a prostitution whore, which has <laughs> rang in the ho- the hollowed halls of many oh establishments God. ever since. New Jersey was never the same. New Jer- Housewives and was never the housewife, same. It literally wasn't. So she's freaking out. She's calling her a prostitution whore. She's banging the table. She says, you were effing engaged 19 times. And then the moment happens. <laughs> Teresa flips the table was i worried about her booby scars absolutely <laughs> oh my God, i was yes. like is she healed why is she lifting this table that's where my brain went <laughs> but then she flips the table and it was the table flip heard around with the world and this table wasn't just you know empty with a single teacup on it they had been eating there was wine on there it was like a 12 to 14 person set table she freaked out it was complete and total rage Chaos. over one single perceived slight at her intelligence which becomes her trigger yeah there's a reason for it but i mean yeah but um yeah it was weird and intense what i didn't remember was chris getting up because immediately 
Teresa seems like this she's is going to. Chris, uh, there are two Chris's. Oh, sorry. So yes. there's Chris, uh, who is the brother of Caroline and uh, Dina and married to Jacqueline. And then there's Christopher, who Thank is you. Caroline's youngest son. Thank you. Not Chris, Christopher. I did not remember that after that scene, it seemed like Teresa might be coming at Danielle. And also, just to be clear, Danielle's young daughters were right next to her watching this, yeah. as were a couple of the other kids, not all of them, but a couple of them. So everyone was like, what is going on? Immediately, I mean, it was kind of shocking how quickly um, mm -hmm. Albie and Christopher knew exactly Albie. what to do. Christopher jumped up. He got over there so fast. Before Juicy Joe, who was sitting right next to her, grabbed her. <laughs> you know her. Juicy Joe moves at a glacial pace. Yeah, I don't think he knew where he was, frankly. I don't think he, he should have been driving that night. He was too busy hiding a stiffy under the table. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, but no. Juicy. <laughs> but no, that, she freaks out, doesn't want Christopher to hold her. Pushes Christopher across the room as if she he is Bella and she is Edward from Twilight. Straight across not a, the room. Not a Twilight <laughs> reference. I am who I am. But that literally, I had just watched that movie and I was like, that's literally like superhuman strange strength. He's like, whoa. Then Joe has to restrain her and then she screams and then she says, I love you. And then kisses Joe and the anger's over. Yeah, it, like it literally flipped like that. I mean, yes. We will see this again and again. I We will. But this was the first time, and for a lot of people at that table, I think almost all, it was their first time seeing the Teresa rage. So for it was sure. an interesting moment all around. It was a funny moment. It was a sad moment. It was the moment that we just never stopped talking about. And in the midst of all of this, a few other things that happen is at a certain point, Danielle is like teary-eyed. And she's like, I never wanted any of this to happen. And Caroline's, what do you mean? You brought the book. <laughs> <laughs> And Dina says this thing, which I think is great. I'll give it to Dina, where she was like, and it's so classic, like housewife line. She was like, I'm going to pray for you because that's what you need most. And I was like, okay, she's also, we have another soap contender. 100%. <laughs> and then Danielle at a certain point also was like, I sat at home alone throwing up with diarrhea for three weeks because of you. I was like, this is camp. This is camp. You didn't have to tell us about the diarrhea, girl. I mean, throw up would have gotten the point she across. She spares no detail. No, two, two words, two extra, as always, literally. <laughs> Her tagline told us who she was. But no, it, it, it was really a great moment, a great way to end the season. Also very sad. Like, you know, we say, oh, it was just so great. It was so funny, Danielle. But her kids were sitting there and watching all of this. And that was like the sad part to me yeah. that I sort of, I don't remember it hitting me as hard as it did the second time because we know that that was a traumatic moment for them because they had to live with that moment at school on the internet they were always the girls whose mom was called the prostitution whore so it yeah that's tough i know it's and her tough. kids wildly enough feel very grounded in a way sure well, uh, which they the probably had they had to yeah. you know they had to grow up probably fast so it, it is very sad yeah Should we talk about the reunion? Yes. There's not much to talk about. Um, first of all, can we talk about probably my least favorite reunion dress, like set deck? Like, the, oh the like, wow. Wow. Fired, fired. Whoever did that, fired. It's, it's giving warehouse clearance sale. I think the thing that was most interesting to me about the reunion was when Caroline kind of has her breakdown about this oh. thing that allegedly happened that we don't find out, so we're not going to spoil in this episode because we will find out more about it next season. 
um, she, you know, alludes to this thing that Danielle did behind the scenes to Dina and has like a breakdown and saying, I could never forgive you for what you tried to do. And it is one of those things, and this will happen in other reunions where, again, it sets the stage and you're like annoyed because you got no closure, but it's a thing that comes back around and you eventually find out more information. But that was really interesting to me. And then also like seeing Jacqueline being nine months pregnant, Aww. seeing Teresa also being pregnant. Stunningly like, gorgeous. The, the babies just... New Jersey did it first, too. New Jersey did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jacqueline was the first housewife mm, to have a baby. That makes me teary-eyed. I, I loved seeing that. And it was just like, it made the show more real in a way. Because so much of the early seasons, the reunion is just like, let's recap what happened this season. Because not that much has happened after the show you know, concluded versus now where it's difficult to catch up with what happened when cameras went down and when yeah. the reunion started filming. But it's just nice to see like the women pregnant, you know, the Caroline sort of having the emotion yeah. in a way, like very we, vulnerable crying emotion. That which we hadn't we really seen. Yeah, totally. Especially Jacqueline being pregnant after the story that yeah. we had followed all season. Yeah. And something Caroline says that I feel like sums up this show really well is talking about the drama between and the fractures between, you know, Dina herself and Jacqueline and pointing to the three of them because they were on the same couch and saying, at the end of the day, it'll be us around that table. Oh and there was God. something about that that I was like, you know, yeah. it, that's what makes the show so special yeah. and so good. Okay, should we go to our underrated moments? Yes, please. Uh, my first one is from your boyfriend, Albie. Um, <laughs> it was in a moment that shocked the nation and shocked me, certainly. When, after we've seen Ashley's behavior all season, Chris reveals to Albie and Caroline and Jacqueline, I think, knew uh, that, she, that he has gotten Ashley a brand new car. Full stop. Of course, the Manzos, who are very real about all this stuff, very much the opposite of Ashley, it seems. Um, you know, they just immediately start jabbing their Uncle Chris about this. And and <laughs> Albie looks at the car and then looks at Chris and goes, what are you going to get her when she gets locked up? <laughs> and I was like, I love that because... I, you know, in other shows, it would be like, oh, how dare you sign of disrespect, whatever. But he, you know, it was like a known thing, like you're doing the wrong thing here. Um, and it just made me really love Albie um, even more. I love that scene. I love that. One thing for me was in the reunion. And this is one of those writer things. Mm -hmm. It's like when this line was said, I was, and it's an emotional thing. I was like, oh my goodness, that line is so good. And it's when Caroline is talking about, you know, the alleged mob ties to the Manto family and how those are not true. But she's explaining how her husband, Al, and Dina's husband, Tommy, their father had been murdered mm -hmm. whenever they were in their 20s, whenever Caroline and Al were in their 20s. And Caroline and Al were just dating at the time. And it was on her 22nd birthday. And he, you know, woke up at four in the morning, was questioned by police because there was an investigation. And Caroline said he left for a couple oh. of hours and he comes back and he has a ring. And he says, I'm so sorry to have ruined your birthday. And then he basically proposes to her. And I like, it's that line in that context. I'm so sorry to have ruined your birthday. And, and thinking about her, the love of his life, like, oh, when I tell you, I can't even look, I like, oh. When I tell I you it ruins me, it ruins me. I love them. I really do love them. We have some of the best marriages on this show. Yeah. 
I I I love that. I t- I remembered that. That's like one of the main things I remember about early Jersey is it's, that scene, it's so that, which we didn't even see, but we I can even, imagine it in my mind. But she told the story well. Yeah. Like it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so good. A less touching moment, uh, but equally important to me. You know, Teresa never really fit in to the confessional sort of format to me, which makes her confessional so good. Mm -hmm. But there's one scene where she's talking about how her husband Joe knows the guy that Danielle, the young guy that Danielle had been apparently like (laughs) sleeping with or whatever. And (laughs) Teresa said she knows about the arrangement between Danielle and this guy, which is just sex because Joe had mentioned to her that he goes over to Danielle's for his daily, and she's trying to find the dainty word, blowjob. It's so good because she's like, got it. I landed on the good word. (laughs) Blowjob. It was so good. She was just like, I'm just going to say the thing. Right, exactly. My my next one is also a Teresa one. And it's when she is on the phone with Melania and Melania, with Melania and Gia. And Melania is having a breakdown because she's not with her mom. And Teresa goes, Gia, give her a lip gloss or something. (laughs) Perfection. 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 Oh, it's so good. And also her like laughing just because she's just like, oh, well, there are the kids go, you know. <laughs> My last moment comes from Danielle and Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is what I call the non-consensual clink. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Danielle is trying to explain, you know, why Jacqueline should still continue to be friends with her, you know, in the situation that's going on with Dina and Caroline saying, don't hang out with Danielle anymore. She's basically trying to be like, they're not your friends, even though they're your family. Mm -hmm. I'm your friend, which is insane. And she looks at her while Jacqueline is awkwardly standing there with her wine champagne glass, like, huh? And Danielle looks at her and she goes, understand who your enemies are. And then clinks Jacqueline's glass Jacqueline doesn't move her glass. She clinks it. Jacqueline continues to not move her glass. Then looks Danielle. Uh, looks at Danielle in the eyes and then whispers, "Who are my enemies?" <laughs> <laughs> it's art. My last underrated moment is any time we got to see a peek at Dolores. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yes. Which you know, you avid New Jersey watchers, you Aww. know why that's significant. She'll be a main player in later <sighs> seasons, and she was always kind of in the mix. So whenever she was on the screen, I was delighted. Oh, Dolores. Okay. Awards. Awards. Who was your in in your words? because these ladies don't hold anything, your center red wine glass. That's going to be tough for me, but I think I would have to say uh, Caroline. Yes, I think I agree. Mm -hmm. I was really debating, quite frankly, between Caroline and Danielle. Sure, fair. Because Danielle put in so much work. (laughs) Totally. But I think Caroline just really encompasses what a New Jersey housewife is. So mine is Caroline also. Uh, I'd love to know who your people's princess was of the season this was also tough i was debating between two of them okay who's number one And people's princess is is you know just who your own personal favorite was and my first watch of the show i would have said jacqueline but now 
it was Caroline. And I understand that. And I think that I don't know if I'm trying to like surprise myself and be like, don't say Caroline. Everyone knows you love Caroline. But I really love Teresa. Was she your favorite of the season? Yes, she oh, was. Remember, I was like, Teresa's so great. I love Teresa. She's very, what. very yeah. funny. She just is in her own world, in her own delusion, and also like a great mom. And I, I loved her. Do I even need to ask who your villain is? What if I was like, it's Caroline? No. That would be interesting. And we <laughs> would show that you also have a touch of delusion, just like this villain, Danielle. Danielle. It could be argued that Jacqueline was the villain, though. Because of her sort of continuing the storyline. It would be a weak argument, but... I'm <laughs> just kidding. You can drag me, but... I actually... it. I do not agree. But I hear you. But, like, Great. Danielle's just... And in, in the best way, she is a villain. I think like she's... She, yeah. well, I think of a quintessential villain I in know. Housewives, honestly. Danielle's one of the first ones I think of. Across the whole... Across yeah. every yeah. Housewives city. Danielle is top... Five, certainly. I agree. I think I just, she's such an obvious villain. I'm like, let me find nuance elsewhere when there's no reason. Why find nuance when the villain is literally smacking you in the face? 100%. Uh, a non consensual clink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Allison. Yes. You're in your high rise Bravo exec office. Yes. A PA comes in oh. with five photos. Of each of the housewives. And they say, who are you bringing back for New Jersey season two? Are they hired or tired? Dina. Hired. hired. <laughs> Teresa. Hired. hired. Caroline. Hired. hired. Jacqueline. Hired. hired. Danielle. Hired. hired. Yeah, we're bringing the whole cast back. They were excellent. They were all so good. They each played their role. They were so good. Slam dunk first season. And if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory or on Twitter at HW Theory. And let us know your hot takes because we would love to hear them. Next episode, we will be breaking down Real Housewives of Atlanta season two. Oh, so excited. Atlanta's heating up. But until then. Understand who your enemies are. Make good choices. Goodbye. Clink. <laughs> <laughs>